So as we said, I'm Simi um, and I'm co-founder of Not A Trend, which is a youth-led um, campaign focusing on anti-racism and Ava is my co-founder. I don't know if she wants to introduce herself. Yeah, hi, I'm Ava, I'm 16 years old. Um, as Simi's already stated, I'm one of the co-founders of Not A Trend. Um, I'm also part of CML, along with Simi, um, which is run by Phoenix Education. And yeah, um, we have a massive passion for activism, especially education activism. Yeah, and youth activism, because obviously we're youth activists. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, and we've got an amazing panel with us today. Um, I've been looking at like all of their websites and things like that. And it's just, it's fab and you'll hear from all of them. But just to introduce them, we've got Amy, who is an environmental activist and co-founder of youth-led charity, Kids Against Plastic. We have, um, we have Gemma, who is an activist and community organiser and alumni of the um, Advocacy Academy and a social, a social justice campaign based in South London. Lottie's also here, who is a campaigner with um, People Power, IRL and NCS. And she centers her work around representing the voices of young people in education nationally. We also have Yumna, who is um, a youth advocate and, for, and the founder of Resilience and is part of the ML and is also a freelance, freelance creative and spoken word artist. As well as our youth panel, we've also got Sally and Lucy, um, who are the co-creators of the Change Collective website, which you all see soon, and it looks it looks really great. Just like, as a spoiler, it looks amazing. It um, looks so, really good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, so Sally runs um, Freedom to Learn Project at Phoenix, and Lucy facilitates the Changemakers Lab, which we are both part of, which is a training program for young people to gain campaigning skills and start their own campaigns. Um, I know we've got a lot of people from the Changemakers Lab. Yumna is also from there, and we are. So it's great. Um, so some of the main like aims for this event is really it's focused on young people taking action for change in the education system and we're showcasing that action, sharing resources and best practice and it's also the launch of the Change Collective website which launched I think on Monday if I'm right um, and also like the soft launch of Not A Trend which is um, the campaign that Ava and I have created. Yeah but not the full launch. <laughs> full launch is coming soon. Very soft. <laughs> so some of the um, sort of problems and like the challenges that we realised we're facing a lot of youth activism now is, you know, a lot of um, activism isn't really joined up or um, it's not long lasting and there's so many issues around climate, um, anti-racism and often it can fade around the issue. The issue can fade from like the public eye once it's like not a trend. So a lot of the solution to this is really about taking action to demand um, demand the things we want to change and reach those goals to make sure that it's targeted and it's not a trend. So we really, with this event, we're basically going to, you're going to hear from a bunch of the youth panel and the work that they've been doing, hear about the Change Collective launch and the website and the aims of that. And it's definitely just to emphasize again, it's centered around action. So at the end of each section, um, each person is going to present you guys with an action that they want you to take. So we really, we want it to be that, as well as us sharing our action, we want you guys to take action as well, not just come away from this call with just, you know, a tweet on Twitter saying, oh, this was a great event. Like, what are you doing? What is, what's getting done? Um, um, 
and then the icebreaker um, just to name where you're from and one issue that you care about um, in education and make sure to do this in the chat box so, so everybody can kind of meet each other and know um, get to know each other. Yeah, and finally as well, if you're going to tweet about the, uh, the event, please use the hashtag change collective so we can really connect and link up um, and really spread this. So while you guys are introducing yourselves in the chat, I was I just wondering, is the link to the change collective in the chat already, the website? Because then maybe put the link in the website, in the chat box. I don't know, I think it will go there soon. I'll put the link in now. Although it has crashed, and I'm hoping that that's because so many people are checking it out right now. I'm sure that's the reason, of course. It's a great website. So we'll give you a couple of minutes to do that. I know some of you have already started um, introducing yourself. And um, while I guess we start to hear from people, we can start on the first presentation, I guess, of the night, if we call it presentations. And um, I don't know if Sally and Lucy, you want to start talking about the Change Collective website. I know everyone would love to hear from about it. I know Lucy was having some tech issues. That's always the way of Zoom, I know. The one <laughs> moment you need your tech to work, it just doesn't. Can you hear me, Simmy? Yeah. Did you just introduce me? Yeah, if you and Sally want to start talking about the Change Collective. Yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah, as you said, the one second that we got started, my internet has literally just dropped out. So I'm on my phone and apologies to everyone here this evening and thank you for your patience. Um, really excited to be here this evening. Um, amazing intro from you both, Simi and Ava. Really excited uh, to hear from everyone else as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to riff now because my computer and notes have gone. So um, myself and Sally um, work uh, for Phoenix Education and lead the different projects um, Freedom to Learn and Change Makers Lab, um, and we collaborated to make the um, Change um, the Change Collective website, which is a resource hub um, by um, yeah for um, basically to facilitate youth-led change making in the education system. And I should just say that we've had a lot of input as well from different people, including um, not a trend, including Simi Neighbor, including People Power other organizations, trustees. So thank you so much to everybody for making this happen. Um, and it was definitely a collaborative project. Um, but the aim um, is to try and address some of the problems that Simeon Ava outlined, I guess, is that there's lots of youth-led change-making going on, but it's hard to link up and it's hard for there to be longevity. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on where we need to share resources, where it, we could benefit from networking, for example. And so we started this website, not for us, but for everybody um, who, who's out there, uh, predominantly young people who are wanting to do change making uh, in education um, and to just basically create a platform for people to share their resources. And Sally's going to go over it in a second. Um, but um, so we've got pages um, tackling different issues from racism in education to sexism, ableism, adultism. 
um, and pages uh, on things like climate justice. But we've also left a page called Add Your Issue because we know that we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the resources. Um, there's loads of other issues out there. So we'd love people to add um, their own resources. We have a form that we'll post in the chat in a minute for um, people to write in and say what they think should be on that website. Or if you're a young person who would like their resource to be platformed, please, please email us and fill in that form. Uh, we would love to platform your resources. Um, I think Sally's going to take us through um, the, a few of the pages, including um, showing the Not A Trend page, uh, which Simi and Ava, I think, are going to go um, over and talk, talk to us about in a bit. So thank you very much. And sorry again for my uh, shaky internet. Okay, so I'm in the back end of the site because the front end has, um, yeah, we we tried to access it just now and it's not loading. And I'm hoping that's a good sign. I'm hoping that means lots of people are looking at it right now um, and it should come back on soon. Um, so welcome to the Change Collective website. And I'm really excited just to give you a super quick tour to show you what it's about and how you can get involved with it. Um, it's a space, like Lucy said, to celebrate young activists in education, all the ways that they are making their voices heard at the moment and all the issues that they are helping to raise awareness about. Um, so as you scroll down um, the page, you get a list of different uh, resources, um, different issues to click on and find out more information. So I'm just going to click on one. Uh, rights-based education because this is something that I really care about. Um, so you get some information about what this issue is about um, and then as you scroll down um, link to freedom to learn which I recommend you check out. Um, what's, what's being said in the news currently about this issue? Some background and then this is um, the really important bit this is where we're collecting about each issue resources for action so we've got entries um, on the freedom to learn podcast um, we have videos um, links to books uh, case studies links to organizations that are working in this field um, and lots more and this is like um, growing all the time and it's so it's this is a space to kind of get inspiration and um, for people to yeah get inspired and like develop their activism um, something else that we're really excited or really wanting to shout about are examples of where youth activism has had a real impact a real impact and for example um, we've got um, an example of the Free Periods campaign that last year in um, 2020, in January, um, succeeded in getting access to free period products for all schools in England. So that was a real big success founded by a young person. Um, uh, so get in touch to add your content or flag any that should be on there on here and we've also got a space here for um, campaigns such as the Not A Trend campaign that is being launched today. 
Um, and finally, general campaign tools. This is um, where we are compiling resources um, and uh, there's stuff from the podcast here on how to podcast for change making, self-care, um, how to work with your head teacher to change your school, um, and then loads more stuff as you scroll down. So yeah, that's a super quick tour. And yeah, we just hope you find it a useful resource and send us your stories, your content, so that we can keep growing and developing it. Thank you, that was amazing. The website looks so great. Yeah, I, I know I say it every time I see it. How, how much they're like, and Simi knows I'm literally obsessed with things looking really nice on <laughs> websites and stuff. And that website looks really nice. I know if I- I praise from Ava. Right I would now, really want to go on that and like put myself on it. And it's just such an amazing resource to kind of bring people together and have that kind of space where everybody's resources can be there and we can all kind of look and help each other out. And you know, it's amazing for that. Yeah, I can agree more. And I know um, Lucy and Sally, you guys have had have an action that you want everyone to take. I don't know if you want to walk us through that. And we can get the evening of actions like kicked off. Um, I can go. Um, so uh, my laptop is still rebooting, but we would love you to share, to write in, to use the form that is on that website that we will be also posting shortly. We would love you to let us know what resource you think is missing or what issue you think is missing. So please do um, yeah, fill in the form. Let us know what you would like to add. We would love to platform your work, particularly if you're a young person um, trying to lead change making, but also if you're an ally. Uh, an educator, a parent. We'd love to hear from you as well in general about how we can support young people uh, in change making. So yeah, fill in that form. Let us know what's missing. We want to fill it up with as many resources as possible and we'll post that very shortly. I think Sally might have just beaten to it and posted it. I think, is that the right form? Yeah. So you can get going with that, sharing the resource, sharing your own resources really. So that's action number one for the evening. Yeah. Send a resource. Keep a, a running total of these actions. We're trying to get it up to as many as possible. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have, if you don't know Niall, you can have a think, come back to it later, that kind of thing. But like, make sure to put something on there. <laughs> Definitely. We want everyone, if everyone here just sends one resource, we've got 46 resources coming to that website, which I think would be incredible. What kind of things can they say for, send for resources? Can it be things like um, video links, articles, or does that have to be things they've made specifically, just to clarify? It can be anything, and we'd love some multimedia stuff. We have a few videos, we have some articles, but yeah, even better would be um, short videos, other kinds of media. Uh, that would be really fantastic. So yeah, mix it up. Okay, I just wanted to say um, signposting from the chat apparently the form asks for permission so i don't know if there's a way you can change that so yeah we'll look into that right now technology love it <laughs> okay moving on you should be able to change it yeah and then get your actions going you can while it's waiting you can get the links up so then you can just paste that link right into the form See, we're making everything easy for you. Like, what excuse is there not to send a resource? 
I see thumbs up from Darren Richard. I can only take that as they've got their resource in the back of their mind. So keep going. I think while you guys are all sending that, we'll go into the next, we'll start talking to the youth panel, which I think is starting with us. So. Yeah. Um, so I can, should I start with a bit about kind of what Not A Trend is and the history of it? So um, Not A Trend is a campaign that um, basically it grew, it was started because of the merger of George Floyd. That's what it was sparked by. Um, and I remember thinking to myself and having a conversation with a friend, which actually wasn't <laughs> to me, but to me, I called her straight away. Um, but kind of thinking about the fact that um, it came from the fact that I thought there's people who've been involved in anti-racism movements for years and years and years. Um, and they haven't, they aren't able to, they weren't able to go to any of the protests that were happening. Um, and I thought that's not right. And those people are sure to want to be involved. Um, obviously being older, because if you've been in the anti-racism movement for a very long time, you know, sometimes these people are gonna be shielding. So um, I called up Simi and we, we came up with the idea a doorstep not doorstop if anybody got any of that emails and happened to see that very sorry if it said doorstop we meant doorstep campaign um meaning that everybody would be able to get involved and it kind of grew from there um the name not a trend is because we saw how much performative activism was going on on at the time and that's something that we really wanted to stop um because the only way we're going to make real change is making these obviously campaigns and movements they have their their high points and their low points, they come in peaks and pops. But it really is important that work is done doing a, a kind of high um, level um, for, for a prolonged period of time, because that's the only way you're going to get actual change, is to keep powering on. And everybody's doing that. And this is just doing activism, you know, for the, the clout of it, as people will say. Um, so that's what our campaign, one of our kind of campaigns ethos is kind of based on and something that's really important to our campaign. And the way we're going about this at the moment is creating resources for people to use. Um, we're creating at the moment an anti-racism 101 toolkit, um, which will be used for anybody who kind of sometimes wants to have those discussions about anti-racism, but doesn't always have the facts and knowledge to be able to win those arguments they may be having, which I think is something that I know in the past that I've struggled with. Um, and I know probably other people struggle with, and it's just amazing to have that in like a space that is really easy to access. And it's very simple and kind of has those basic core facts. Um, and it can also be used to give to people, to teach them about anti-racism, if it's not even in a debate format. So it can be used to give them to someone who maybe doesn't understand that at the moment, where these kind of um, systematic racism comes from. It will tell you that and racism in different aspects. I think someone in, in our working group described it as like if you want to describe anti-racism to your grandparents like you need the tools to yeah, do that, that so basically that's what that's um it's very simple it's very easy to use there's not going to be too much fancy language and if there is it will be defined that's the kind of thing another thing we're working on at the moment is our is our pilot scheme um what we're working on for schools because we think that education is one of the most important ways to target anti-racism. And this needs to start in our schools because at the moment our education system is highly racist. Um, and that beyond goes beyond just the curriculum. Obviously decolonizing curriculum is something that our program works on, 
but also decolonizing school culture as itself. And we're working on a program that schools can undertake to go about um, decolonizing their schools, whether in their curriculum to the, to the extent they can with, within government guidelines, um, the way they choose staff, um, the way they their rules are made and just the general culture in the school and how they'll deal with kind of students coming um, coming in with um, kind of experiences of racism um, which is something that we really want to just improve that school culture as a whole as a whole and decolonize that completely um, so we're running it as a pilot scheme at the moment which will be very hands-on and hopefully we'll be able to then after that expand that and maybe have slightly less of a hands-on approach as more schools join up obviously we can't do everything at once, but kind of adapting it in a way so schools can still decolonize their own themselves um, effectively. Um, we hope that we'll be able to use these schools as an example for how um, decolonizing your school can have positive change. So when we talk to when when we fight for um, decolonized curriculums um, and guidance that make schools decolonized. Um, we'll have these as an example to use because obviously when you have an example to show that something works and something's having a positive effect it's a lot easier to convince someone so yeah that's basically what we're working on at the moment I don't know if you want to add anything specific you explained it really well I feel yeah so it's really just you know, working with schools the pilot scheme will be hopefully launching in summer term we're like designing it at the moment as well as um the anti-racism 101 toolkit that's coming out soon um so definitely i think it's really about making sorry there's a motorbike going outside my house the recording's going to be not so great but um, oh well. um yeah i think it's really about making uh decolonizing and anti-racism as accessible as, as possible so if you know the government doesn't want to give schools the tools then i mean i guess it's up to the students and you know the communities to give schools the tools that they need to really like get in there and you know make sure that the sort of education that is um you know being given to the young people is pretty inclusive and is really like full of depth so i guess our action that we have decided we've got two because i guess we're hosts so we chose two um and the first is a little bit of self promo because you know a self plug is always good we want you to get your phones right now you know tweet about not a trend on Twitter. Our Twitter is not underscore a underscore trend. I think if you type up not a trend, it'll come up. Um, we'll link that in the chat. But with that tweet, we want you to explain why, we want you to answer why is it important that anti-racism is not a trend? And when you're saying that, you know, make sure to use the hashtag not a trend. And we can really, as well as, you know, spreading our story, we need to also spread a message with that. Like, why is it important? What, why is it important to you? Why is it important in general? We want you to really get there and do that. I don't know if Ava wants to explain our next action. Um, so our next action is a form we'd like you to fill in. And on the form, there are a series of questions that we'd like you to answer, kind of to help us shape our programme, am I right in saying? Um, Simi's just linked it in the chat. And it will just give us some information based on that, and that'll be really helpful for us. Uh, improve how we kind of do things it's really just about yeah um starting to get that network out you know from now so that once our pilot scheme is over with like the couple of schools we're going to be working with we really want to 
like grow this into a massive network of, of schools and educators and students and teachers really just sharing their anti-racist um, resources, their practices, you know, where things go well, where things go wrong, how, what, have you, what have you learned from that? And just really like a, a full on learning experience, but like nationwide. Yeah. Or I know we've got some people from Canada, so just like globally even. Yeah. We, set yeah. our, we set our sites big when we plan. So, yeah. <laughs> we always set ourselves big, big, big. Whether that's great, I've just remembered that we have to, you know, try and get A-levels in the midst of that. But I think we'll, we'll try and do that too. <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so make sure, you know, you're tweeting, fill out the form or send the form on to someone who you think can fill out if you're not an educator or like someone in school or a student yourself, you know, send someone who is, you know, sharing. It's always great to share things, pass things on. That's the whole theme of this event, you know, sharing resources and making action. So while you guys are getting on with that, we're going on to our next youth panelist amy and i looked at your website for kids against plastic it looks really great by the way so make sure to link that we'll link that if um, you don't so yeah thank you so much uh, that's so great to hear we put a lot of time into the website so it's good to hear it's paid off um i'm just going to try and share my screen now okay hopefully everyone can see that fingers crossed um okay i'm seeing some thumbs up that's a good sign uh, and yeah, that was that was so amazing to hear what you're doing as well, Simi and Ava. It's, it's so inspiring. And um, yeah, I hope it goes amazingly. And I'll definitely do my tweet once I've done my talk. <laughs> um, so hi, everyone. Uh, I'm really, really excited to be part of this panel. And thank you so much for having me. So my name is Amy. I am 17 years old. And along with my younger sister, Ella, I co-founded an environmental charity called Kids Against Plastic. Now, as you can probably guess from the name of our charity, I'm working to address the issue of plastic pollution and in particular, our global usage of unnecessary single-use plastic. Now, Kids Against Plastic began back in early 2016 when, funnily enough, actually, my sister and I were not actually in school, but were instead being homeschooled for around three years by our parents. And we were traveling around Europe and we were studying something called the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And it was through these that we began learning about single-use plastics and in particular the devastating impact that disposable plastics are having on our environment. And we heard the facts that many of us will be quite familiar with now, that around 100,000 sea mammals and 1 million seabirds are alleged to be killed by plastic in the oceans every year, and that a truck's worth of plastic enters the world's oceans every minute meaning that by the year 2050, there'll be more plastics in the ocean than fish. And then millions and millions of seabird fledglings starve to death uh, every year because their parents mistakenly feed them to bursting on small pieces of plastic that they find floating on the surface of the sea. So we found out that this wonder material that we tend to call plastic is not so wonderful after all when its properties just don't match its functions. But what really struck us was that before we studied this topic, we had very little idea about the huge environmental impact that plastic was having, as this was a couple of years before this big media explosion, explosion on plastic pollution began, and it became such a hot topic. And we were really shocked by what we found, and we realised that most other ordinary people like us were similarly unaware of the disastrous impact that just their plastic habits were having on the planet. And to us, this just seemed totally crazy. 
It was also around that time that we saw a TED talk by two girls who are sisters who founded the Bye Bye Plastic Bags campaign in Bali. Um, if you haven't heard of it, I would definitely recommend going and looking it up. It's super inspiring. And they managed to get the Bali government to ban plastic bags on the island. And to top it off, they were our ages at the time when they started our campaign. So to see two young girls who were also aged 12 and 10 when they started growing up to make such a huge difference showed us that, you know, we didn't have to wait until we were older to make a difference. We could, we could start now. So that's what we did. <laughs> we founded our campaign and now charity Kids Against Plastic. And our aim is to encourage more people to be more discerning users of single-use plastic and to do their bit and to try and help more young people believe as well that they can have an impact on the environmental issues that they're passionate about. So we have a few key branches to our charity. For a start, we pick up litter. So we've set ourselves the goal of picking up 100,000 pieces of plastic litter. So one for every sea mammal killed by plastic in the oceans every year. And we're over 90,000 pieces there now. So shouldn't be too much longer until we reach our target. We also give talks and spread awareness, um, including speaking at the UN headquarters in Geneva and uh, TEDx Exeter. And we also do a lot of work with young people, which I haven't actually put on the slide, but is a really important part of our charity. Um, so we have a team of over 80 kids in the UK who are tackling plastic in their local area of all ages, um, which is really inspiring to see the difference they can all make individually. And um, that's a really key part of our charity, the belief that young people can make a big difference, which is why I'm also currently developing something called the Youth Empowerment Scheme, which is not just focused on environmental activism, but actually helping give young people the skills that they need to become activists um, if any cause that they're passionate about as well. So uh, that will be hopefully launched this summer when I'm done with my A-levels as well, because <laughs> yeah, time definitely is a pressure. And finally, we run our Plastic Clever initiative, which helps to stop their people to stop using four main items of plastic, which are plastic bottles, bags, cups and lids and straws, because these are items that make the top 10 of ocean pollutants, despite the fact that we mainly use them on land. So the idea of Plastic Clever is that it's something that's quite simple and achievable and is a more manageable way to start reducing plastic consumption without it being something that's super time consuming or expensive, like becoming completely plastic free. But perhaps most importantly, a main focus of the work that we do is on schools, because one of the things that really struck me when I rejoined school aged 13 was that plastic pollution just wasn't covered in the school curriculum. And if I hadn't been homeschooled for a few years and given the opportunity to explore outside the rigid school curriculum, I really doubt that I would have really heard of plastic pollution outside of a token sentence in the classroom setting. And I, I even remember being totally blown away when I was doing my GCSEs at literally having to sit and watch a full hours documentary on arguments against climate change. And this just isn't good enough because environmental issues like plastic and climate change uh, literally threaten our generation's future and yet we're not being properly taught about them or encouraged to address them. So that's why we run our Plastic Clever Schools initiative and it's about encouraging students to take really simple actions such as bringing in a reusable bottle for water or using wooden or metal cutlery for school meals, simple changes to help reduce the school's use of plastic. 
And alongside this, we provide tons of resources and lesson plans to help teachers integrate plastic pollution education and climate education into the school curriculum. So the Plastic Clever Schools initiative is mainly aimed at primary schools at the moment, but we're hoping to grow that to secondary schools as well. Um, as we think that it's really important that we start learning about these issues at a young age so that we grow up to be understanding and appreciative of the planet. And the aim of Plastic Clever Schools is that it can be easily implemented by students as part of eco teams or in collaboration with teachers. Um, and we're super, super excited to have over a thousand schools signed up to the Plastic Clever scheme around the UK as well. So on the note of being plastic clever, it's time for my action as well. And if there was one thing that I would really encourage you to do to tackle plastic pollution following this event, it would just to try and become uh, more plastic clever. So try and stop using the big four plastic polluters where you can and use reusable alternatives instead. And if you're already using reusable alternatives, uh, which we'd be very pleased to hear, then please do help to spread the word on social media um, by using our Be Plastic Clever hashtag and also stating what you've done to become plastic clever. Now, with these may just seem like really small actions to take, but what we found is that it's the small steps that often add up to make the biggest changes, and they're also an easier place to start. So thank you, and that's a bit about what I do. Thank you so much, Amy. That was fantastic. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I know Ava loves what you guys are doing as well. It's just, I think, really, I completely agree, you know, the small things, and especially, I know, climate justice seems like such a daunting fight to take on so making it as accessible as possible you know is really great so make sure you're getting on with Amy's action so you know start noting down you know what are your reusable swaps the big four you know what you're going to be doing have a look around at your cupboard you know I know there's they're becoming a lot cheaper these alternatives and things like that and you know it's usually buy once use for life so it's never been better um, also, I just think your website as well, like you've got like an app to like log plastic litter things, um, litter picks. So, you know, like get on that. And on that note, you know, make sure you're getting on with these actions. We've got our next youth panelist. We've got Jamar who will be presenting. Jamar, if you want to take it away. Hi, everyone. Um, I hope you can hear me. Um, I don't know. I sent in my my um powerpoint i don't know if i was gonna bring it up if not i can try my laptop's really really dodgy though i don't trust it um so let me just see okay hold on one second i am not i hate sharing screens i really do bear with me one second um all right cool beans can everyone see can someone just let like, one person let me know or not do something so i know I'm not talking. Okay, thank you. Um, hi everyone. Um, don't think I'm gonna do an intro really. I just um created this like two days ago for fun, purely out of just like randomness. Um, so bear with me if it looks really, 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 really random. Um, and it's also PDF. Anyways, so my name is Jamal. I'm 24, and I am one of like 30 young people on this campaign called the Halo Collective. Um, and it's a national um, natural, well, national anti um, Afro hair discrimination campaign that we launched last December. 
and since then we've just been working and building um working to gain more traction in terms of engaging with schools and workplaces into the work that we're trying to do so I'm just going to break it down really simply the problem was right and the problem still is is that people with um afro texture hair or black hairstyles and that you know that that goes beyond just having afro it's having braids locks um dreads twists um basically anything that's deemed a black hairstyle a black person having it they it's been well documented in the in terms of the uk but also internationally that they can be rejected from jobs they can go to the interview be very qualified be um be able to do the job to the best of their ability maybe even be overqualified and they can be turned down because their hair is deemed inappropriate unprofessional or just against um the policy the professional attire policy of the workplace right um on twitter actually there's this running joke that i see a lot of black people tweet is um at the interview they wear a hairstyle that's deemed more appropriate so they might straighten their hair or get a haircut and then when they get the job they wear their hair like their natural normal self because this is who they are because they got the job are you going to fire them it's a case of discrimination and it also happens in schools right kids are being sent home because their hair is inappropriate they're being excluded because apparently it's against the school policy and again it's um it's been deemed unprofessional um unkept un like untidy messy all of these like recurring things um that show that has its roots in like colonialism and professionalism and what's deemed acceptable by very eurocentric standards um and then the third problem is kind of just the mentality around hair so it's taken me a lot um many many years to say you know what Jamal even though this is a zoom call in, to be in a public place and to wear my natural hair in this in this hairstyle it's taken a lot of confidence building because it was um I don't want to beaten into me it sounds like a really violent word but that's the best word that's the only word that I can think of it was beaten into me that this is inappropriate this isn't presentable this isn't acceptable if I call especially older family members they would say Jamal why didn't you do your hair before you went and it's called you don't look presentable at all that that's just what happens right so and to use my own school example, when I was in sixth form, I remember seeing reports of people being rejected from jobs because of their hairstyle. And I was like, well, if I go to school, get my GCSEs, A-levels, and go to university and get my degree, and, you know, I have the experience, why can't I get the job? What does my hair have to do with my ability to do the work? Um, I remember um, vocalising this to many of my friends at school, um, most of whom weren't black, but some of whom were. And the common thing was that it's just hair. Jamais is not a big deal it's just hair and I found it very interesting is that when I raised concerns about discrimination um that I would get because of my hair it was just hair but you know yesterday and tomorrow people would put their hands in my hair without permission tell me it was bad it was ugly and all these kind of things right so it was just hair when you know I wanted to address this issue but then when they were discriminating against me it wasn't just hair when people were asking me is my hair real I'm making really negative stereotypes in regards to my hair and touching it without my permission right so those were the problems. Um, so more onto the campaign. So like I said, we launched last December and we are basically, I don't know if you can see this, but basically, let me just read it out to you. Um, we are a revolutionary anti-hair discrimination campaign. We are a group of young black people from South London who spent the last few months working on compiling research, legal briefings and designing a website. And we've come up with a code for schools and workplaces to adopt, to ensure that um, hair discrimination, Afro, um, the discrimination of Afro hair ends in, well, in terms of the UK, because on, on a global scale is a whole other thing, but I personally want to do that. Um, 
so there was one question that um Lucy sent me and I guess this kind of leads to the breakdown of the campaign to some extent and it's and the question was what has influenced my work my work was influenced by my own experience um obviously being in school and people touching my hair without permission being in school and being um you know being aware that you know at any point I'm well not in my school but knowing that people that look like me could be sent home or excluded from school because of our hair um knowing that people were touching my hair um and teachers weren't really doing anything about it um and being aware that this was, wasn't just happening in the UK because a lot of people were like it's the UK black people are minority like that makes it okay it doesn't make it okay but this is this is also happening in countries that are deemed black countries or, or where black people, people of African descent are the, um, the majority, right? Um, it was happening to people that I care about, my family members. And it wasn't just, you know, a white person discriminating against me. It was also people that looked like me discriminating against me. Like I said, family members. I've, I've, I've worked really hard to, when I make appearances in public, to wear my hair exactly how I want it. Um, wanted to look sometimes I intentionally do not comb my hair because who says I need to comb my hair I'm here to talk you're not you're not here to you know touch or focus on my hair and like I said family members have told me multiple multiple times that Jamal you need to comb your hair what are people are gonna think it doesn't look appropriate so my own experience influenced my work and some of the organizations that um exist here so some of these organizations are black-led um or women of color led or people of color led and they do work around race and um around discrimination in, in many regards but obviously in what comes under that umbrella is um afro hair discrimination and in launching we wanted to reach out to them and say this isn't just you know well obviously you know we are amazing activists from south london that went through the advocacy academy a social justice program but we wanted to connect with people who have platforms and people who can relate to the issues or doing similar work essentially so our collective members or our founding members are all these organizations and they inspire us with the work that they do and existing um so i'm going to talk about the actions that we set up for people to take and then i'm going to tell you about the action that um i want everyone to take um so there's the three actions are very simple we want schools and workplaces to adopt the halo code which basically is like signing <laughs> signing away your life signing away an agreement to say we were not discriminating um against anyone with afro hair or, or different hairstyles we understand that you know afro hair is beautiful but to some extent it is just hair it's like we're not gonna it doesn't your capacity to learn or do your job is not affected by your hairstyle right so we're asking schools and workplaces to adopt the code and then our next level is to fix the law. So like I said before, we have been doing a lot of research. I'm not part of the legal team myself, but there's been a lot of research into the legislation around discrimination law in the UK. And we want to add Afro hair discrimination to that. And then the final action is to slay the stigma. And that's like changing the way that not just black people view Afro hair, but everyone views Afro hair. And to some extent, people who aren't who don't have Afro hair kind of shouldn't have an opinion on Afro hair at all. But in terms of black people making making our making us view our hair in a positive light once again so to give a perfect example is that my team i'm a part of um like a mini team in the collective and we were having a team meeting and we're three black women and we hopped on the call a zoom call and i wore my hair some similar to this out whatever because i don't care and then my two friends like at the end of the call they were saying how oh one said how she 
put she put on her head tie to cover her hair and my other friend said she put on her wig for the call and it was like hold and I had to say hold on we are three black women working on a natural hair campaign an anti-afro hair discrimination campaign and changing how people feel about our hair is a key component of that campaign why do we in this space where there's no where it's just three black women why do we still feel that we need to present ourselves in a certain way so that's that's the that's the hard part and that's the 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 one that's going to take the most time but in order to do this work you know it's not a one day kind of thing is to change how people view afro hair um so that being said i think i've covered everything and i apologize if i talk too fast i do like mumble a lot but um the action that i want everyone to take um, i imagine that you know everyone's call is either well hopefully if you're if you don't have any institution that's great you can just like follow us on social media but in terms of if you have a workplace if you work somewhere and if you have a school I'm gonna drop the link after I stop sharing my screen um there's a link to our website and basically in terms of schools because I um I said well I did the form for anyone for as a student basically you can send your school an email to say you need to sign the code and basically obviously you know if your school doesn't sign the code you can let us know and we can loud them up on social media because it's like why you're not like um signing the code tell us what you know tell us what, why is it so bad to not you know um to not discriminate against people for their head extra but yeah so i'm going to send the link and basically ideally let me know if it doesn't work but ideally a template should be um is there and you put in your details and it will email your institution to say you need to sign the code so they can um join this amazing work that we are doing um so yeah let me stop sharing my screen and let me get the link and I'll drop it in the chat. Wonderful, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. I think you definitely should. Cool. I'm done now. Everybody should definitely, especially if you're in school or working in a school, should definitely sign up. That I know that's going to be one of the first things I do. I've got multiple things I need to email my school about. One of them was already about hair, um, <laughs> and about so I need to do that anyway. And I'm definitely going to be sending this. That's going to be one of the first things I'm doing. Amazing, um, from Gemma. I'm like, I, that is perfect. I love it. Um, so yeah. Um, our next campaigner is Lottie, who's with is here with People Power. She's representing them today, which is something that both me and Samir are also involved with. Um, and yeah, take it away. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm just going to share my screens. If you could put a thumb up when you can see everything. Okay. Can you guys see that? Oh my god, amazing! Thank you so much for being so responsive. Um, so as I just said, hi, I'm Lottie. I'm a campaign coordinator at the People Power. And as Simeon and Ava have just said, they are a part of it too. And I'm going to be talking about an overview of the campaign, what we do, and a new thing that we are launching tonight, right here, exclusive. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get started. So essentially, the People Power is a fully youth-led movement. We have no adults involved. Every single member is a student and a pupil and the majority are under 18, which um, we think is really unique and something that a lot of other organisations do here tonight that is really affected, effective in getting authentic youth voice across. And that's something that we strive to be authentic. Um, we want to represent the voices of students up and down the country, but also empower students to make change in their local communities and their local schools. 
and connect the bridge between educational leaders, politicians, governors, and essentially just make the education system more democratic. And by that, we mean everyone on an even playing field. Ideally, I was on a meeting last night and um, myself and Alia, who, funded the camp um, who founded the campaign, would love it that as a first step, every single governing body in the UK had a student on it. In fact, not the UK, worldwide, because we need to be involved in the decision making when we are beneficiaries of this system. So, move on to the next slide. Some of the impact and stuff that we have done in the past is organising free the big student call-ups, which were really successful events, um, which looked to speak to students up and down the country about their experiences in education and particularly how that has changed online. Because we felt that we were not being given the chance to feed back to our schools individually and to the government really, about how we felt it was going and that our voices were being shadowed and being missed. Um, other things we have done is created toolkits which will be going to schools and to students who know their rights in education and so schools again can make this education system more democratic which is what we are about. Um, we've also done many talks with the Children's Research Centre and Open University. We also have recently done an event which Simi and Ava were again a part of with Heads Up for Head Teachers, uh, Diverse Ed, um, we have been very busy <laughs> since we've been in lockdown and that has been a blessing for us to be able to have more time to focus on our activism. So next we're going to move on to, to the campaign that I will be launching tonight, which is really exciting. So on our first meeting back in 2021, one thing that we all touched upon and we focused on for most of the meeting was mental health. And we were all honestly struggling in lockdown. Everyone's energy had dipped from how it was in the summer. Um, and what particularly we were struggling with was the workload. And um, it feels from a student perspective that often because teachers can't see us and aren't in contact, they don't necessarily know if we're struggling. They don't necessarily know how much time we have. Often some have actually felt we've had more, which I by no means blame them. <laughs> so I have set more work to fill that time. Um, and then kind of stemming off from that, we began to brainstorm and found that actually a lot of us and a lot of our peers didn't know how to communicate this with our teachers. Uh, excuse me. And I personally have actually been typed two emails today from my friends about um, very similar issues who have just not known how to contact their teachers about issues like this because they were struggling and not know how to word it because we're never taught this. We're taught email us if you're struggling. Well, what does that mean? How informal do I be? What does that look like? And then we came up with an idea. So we think the solution to this problem is to create a resource for students to use to help them reach out to their teachers when they are struggling. And this is predominantly going to be made by students, although we appreciate the impact of anyone that wants to take part. And we're going to create a resource which gives advice, which gives um, tips, which gives kind of how we think the tone of these emails should be when you're contacting your teachers online and in person, but particularly online as we're jumping in and out of online education. That is a lot, a lot of our um, people in our network and a lot of our wider kind of group have been struggling to communicate their thoughts and feelings when you have a screen and several miles between you. So now moves on to our action. <laughs> so the plan and what we want you to do tonight is email us. Oh, we haven't put our email in. Well, I'll drop the email in the chat in a minute at the people power email address and we're going to want you to give us ideas about and tips and tricks and even a template 
that students can use when contacting their teachers. Um, please don't include any personal information in this, uh, but one example might be you may email a template where students can change certain details or you may email kind of the tone and the formality you have personally used when you've contacted your teacher. Obviously, it's different for everyone, but having a set example there will be so useful for students to go to and possibly take the burden off other students who may be having to help them uh, communicate at the moment because again we're all facing our own struggles and a lot of the time there have been people with the weight of other people's on their shoulders too uh, and that is basically it from me I will drop our email in the chat but other than that please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and if you want to follow my personal Twitter as well where I do the people power and other campaigns it's at lossycook16 but yeah thank you very much guys Thank you, Lottie. That was brilliant. I expect to see you guys getting on once Lottie drops that email, you know, I think it's info at the people power or something like that. Um, their inbox better be full. It better be crashed because, you know, we're getting all these, these actions, you know. This Absolutely. That's what we want to promote because we talk a lot, but actions is what really makes the change when it comes down to it. You know, there's no point keeping and continuing just, you know, preaching to people. We've got to get our voices out there. Um, so moving on to our last speaker of the night, if I'm correct, is Emma. Yes. And um, would you like to showcase a campaign that she's got going on? Yeah, take it away, Yumna. Hi everyone. Um, I'm Yumna. I'm 16 years old. I'm based in Birmingham and I'm a youth advocate. So I work as part of the UK Youth Parliament as the Deputy Member of UK um, Youth Parliament representing Birmingham and the founder of Resilience, um, which is a um, youth-led organisation that is literally going to launch in about two weeks. Um, so yeah, and the mission is um, elevating key systems within society and we aim to equip young people with the skills to navigate different societal issues um, and in particular using the power of imagination combined with legislative action um, to tra transform the education system. Um, we believe that we need to have a multidisciplinary approach to learning and education, which is why we need people from across the system to get involved. Um, and the, the problems that I've experienced um, in the education system is that it prioritises standardisation and conformity over creativity, innovation and collaboration. And so not only is this dangerous for students, but it's also dangerous for educators as well, because it sidelines our imagination. In school, we are taught, um, we are tested on memorising facts, figures, downplaying the role of critical thinking. Um, teachers are then measured on their ability to, to meet these targets um, by, set by external providers, set by internal school leaders. Um, and students are then forced down this narrow academic route in which we only perceive ourselves a certain way due to societal expectations. Um, arts as a discipline um, is in decline. And in a nutshell, we are seeing a rapid decline of opportunities for effective collaboration. And as young people, we aren't developed into these whole confident individuals um, who believe in themselves to make a difference in the world. Um, now, apart from that, imagine having an inclusive, democratic, equitable, decolonized education system, which values the power of imagination, um, empathy and respect. One which, was one which is empowering, enlightening, um, and accessible, taught, your, taught students personal finance, investing, valued arts, storytelling, 
um, political literacy, climate education, which I know a lot of student-focused um, movements like Teach the Future are doing right now, personal growth, mental health and well-being, and ultimately nurtures you um, as a whole person, your, all your multi-layered passions and interests. And so my own experiences um, inspired my own work um, because I believe that education is an opportunity for us to learn and to grow, um, but it starts with a transformed educator. And so I look back on um, my own personal experiences and I felt like I didn't have the belief and the confidence in myself to make a difference in the world. But what if we instilled that confidence in young people? And this can only start with a transformed young person. And so I believe that it needs to start with personal transformation and personal growth. Going deep within yourself to identify what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, honing them so that you as a person are able to improve, so that you can improve, you can impact the people closest around you, which can impact even more people um, and hopefully make um, a system-wide change. It's you can't impact like a system-wide change without improving yourself first. And so that's why I believe that resilience. Um, as a collective, as an organisation, is really, really crucial um, for young people. Um, and so going on to action, um, I'm just launching Resilience, so I've got the funding for Resilience. And I believe that we as an organisation are a bit different to other organisations because, first of all, most of the campaigns that you've heard tonight, they're amazing campaigns, um, but I feel like their majority focus around London, although they are working on national, um, like they are working on national issues that affect all young people across the country. But I feel like in other cities and other towns um, in the UK, not much attention. Um, young people don't don't have that attention. Young people are not instilled in their beliefs. Young, there aren't much youth social action leaders. Um, and so I believe that as resilient as a campaign, we are, we can improve. Um, how young people think about themselves, how young people perceive themselves, so that they believe that they have the impact that they want to on the world. So hopefully we'll be launching the socials for resilience next week. So the start of next week, we will be um, on um, Instagram, Twitter, um, and every other social media platform. Um, and hopefully the website, which I'm creating right now, will be launched in early May. Um, early May is like the latest deadline we are launching resilience. And so I really, 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 really want educators, students, anyone across the education system to get involved. Please follow me on Twitter at underscore Hussein. DM me if you want to get involved. I will leave my email address um, in the chat. Um, so anybody who wants to hop on a call with me, whether you're a student, a teacher, um, we really, really want you to get involved. Um, thank you so much um, for CML and Simi and Ava for hosting. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear um, the rest of this event. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Vanessa. There, your action, guys, is you know get on those once those socials come out. You know, follow Yumna, follow Resilience, get on board, really share your feedback, really spread this. You know. So now I think we wanted to ask you guys. You know, share the sort of stories and tools and actions that you have been taking or if you want to share an action in the chat that's great and while you do that we're also going to we have a couple of questions for the panel um and then we can also come back to some of the actions you want us to take afterwards i know i think sophie might said she might be building the chat to make sure we don't lose track of any of your amazing contributions or questions or actions so 
the first question I had, I think I will, Derek, I think we're going to come to questions um, from the audience just in a little bit, but we haven't forgotten you. Um, the first question I have for the panel, I think I will ask Lottie first. So how can we create campaigns in education that are based around action? Because I know a lot of these are kind of about just generally let's you know empower you people how can we make sure that these campaigns are action centric firstly that's a great question <laughs> uh, secondly it's something i've been thinking about a lot and um i was having this conversation with someone the other day that a big i don't want to say trend because it's not but something that's become really apparent at the moment is infographics on instagram with loads of kind of information resources that uh, people are sharing on their instagram stories um this is predominantly around our age group i have seen it quite a lot um the issue that we have found with them is some of them are spreading misinformation firstly which is awful when they get millions of views and likes and secondly a massive problem is the fact that they aren't action focused yes they tell you the information but what you do with that is a next step that a lot of people just aren't prepared to think about and do themselves and it's something that um we need more people to be conscious of this action to therefore push it and get everyone to be involved um so what i would answer your question is anything that is shared must be action focused and any tweet for example um if someone was sharing the event tonight in that tweet i would say um your action is to come along for example it can be as simple as that um whether this be on social media whether this be in person but if you give someone something to do and it's an easy tangible action that they can commit to you are so much more likely to see change. Um, telling someone to help end these massive problems and saying support us, a lot of the time it's like how, uh, especially with people who've never been involved in activism before. Um, so be really clear about your house, basically. <laughs> I completely agree. It's something Ava and I've been talking about with not trend is, you know, often with activism, a lot of people care about these issues, but they don't know how can they show that they care, they want to get involved, how can they actually, you know, it's a bit daunting when you see this like Instagram account or this Twitter account like run by a campaign because it often seems like there aren't people behind it so you don't think you can go oh hey can I can I join your next meeting or something so really making sure that everything you give has a direction like you've got this information what do you do with it now I think the next question because of time I don't think we have time to listen to everyone from every for every question but I think Lottie that was a brilliant answer um Amy um how do you think we can ensure that fighting oppression activism isn't just a trend and that like all these campaigns and you know these issues aren't just seen as a trend I think that like like Lottie said I think these are really important questions because they're always things that we're going to have to contend with I think when it comes to activism is that performative activism and kind of all of these issues they're tackling which I'm sure again you all agree is like one of the most frustrating things um, in activism I do think that kind of principles is a really key part of it and making ensure that our campaigns are driven by principles because you know trends are caused by people and we can't control what people do especially on social media as a platform like like Lottie just said you know uh, so social media can be really good in some ways but also not so great in other ways um, so I think that is something that we can't control but I think just trying to avoid the trends and ensure that the activism we do are driven by the principles of the activism and the field that we want to campaign with and that we continue with that regardless of what trends people jump on because trends come and go all the time but uh, activism true activism doesn't 
So I think keeping to our principles and keeping that action going is a really key part of a really key part of it and is I think the only way we can make sure that it's sustained as well. I couldn't agree more really just sticking to those principles yeah I can I really you just sum you just said everything I think that there was needed to say on that question which is great. Um, I think Ava's going to ask the next two questions. Yeah um, so the first question I'm going to ask is going to be for Yumna um, and what more can be done to support um, young people taking action? I'm not sure if Yamna had. Is Yamna still in the court? I can't see her. Um, I know Yamna's a very busy person. You know, she's up to so much. I know she has meetings back to back. You know, the life of a youth activist is truly one that never stops. <laughs> um, I'll just ask Gemma then. <laughs> um, um, so what more can, um, can we do to support young people taking action? Can you repeat that again? What more can we do? What more can we do to um, support young people taking action? Oh, I could go on about this question in different different ways. Um, I think one of the first things um, we can do is um, validating their experiences. I come from a collection of like youth activists who our activism was born out of um, our lived experiences and in the activist spaces that I exist, I existed in and I still exist in, validating our experiences has been a key thing for that. Um, providing a space to question everything that we know. Um, I, I did a podcast, I forgot what it's called, but I did a podcast and it was around education and activism and I delved deep into how on the Adversary Academy it's like a social justice program right and it's really radical and once you go through the program you start to question a lot of the things that you know um you thought and you start to like question how things are especially in school and then we especially when 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 you go through the program go back to school people start saying you start, start getting into a lot of debates and arguments about people being there being racist saying racist things sexist things homophobic things transphobic things and all that kind of stuff um but basically at school, I would not have survived if I didn't have two teachers, one who taught me about feminism and another teacher who taught me who I discussed like politics and history and culture. Um, and they were my support system. I had friends, but they were my, like, my activist support systems in terms of like my learning and validating my process of like questioning everything around me. So I think creating a space for one validation, but two supporting and creating an environment where it allows for the, the growth and education of a budding activist and or organizer campaign or whatever term you want to use. Um, is that a third thing? I think that's it. I think that's all I can think. Thank you for that amazing answer. Um, very in-depth. Um, and I think that's kind of said everything that needs to be said. Okay, for the last question, since you and I isn't here, um, we are going to open this up to- well, I think Yumna is here. Oh, just, you know, no. you here? Yeah, I am. Sorry, okay. I had to pull off for a bit. Um, okay, so um, our so our last question is, um, how can we make youth activism and action more accessible? 
That's a really interesting question because I was thinking about it the other day. And I think the only way that we can make um, youth activism more accessible is by creating an inclusive space that young people feel like they're welcome and they feel comfortable in speaking. And so like my journey as a person, I didn't always feel comfortable going to youth activism, activism spaces because I'm, you know, I'm a black Muslim hijabi, I'm visibly Muslim. Um, and I felt like I didn't, I didn't feel as welcome because I didn't know any ways, any, I didn't know how to express my opinions and how to express myself um, without feeling like, without, without fully expressing myself. So I always felt like I had to hide certain parts of myself um, for, you know, because I didn't feel comfortable expressing it. And so the first thing that we need to do is make people aware that not everyone feels comfortable in sharing their story at first. But if you, if you are comfortable, um, if you make that space comfortable enough, young people will be more inclined to share their story and be comfortable in, you know, um, making like having spaces to make change. So I think that's the first thing is to have a space where whether that be whether that is digital, whether that is physical. I know people that prefer physical spaces rather than digital spaces. Um, I myself prefer digital spaces because I can meet people from across the country. I joined Changemakers Lab and I met people who, some people who were homeschooled, some people who um, are in different types of schools, like grammar schools, state schools, private schools. And I learned about their own experiences of the education system, compared it with mine and saw what problems do we need to address urgently in the education system um, that affects young people across the board and then targeting specific issues that um, affect young people, such as issues that only affect black children, but that has a wider impact of how other young people perceive themselves. And so that would be my answer to that question. Thank you so much. Making that space accessible is so important. Um, and I know this question actually was kind of really important to me and for myself because we've actually been having a big conversation at the moment about um, not a trend ethos. And one of our kind of the big kind of point that came up um, with that we kind of just made a highlight post about was um, um, making access, youth activism and activism as a whole accessible. We've both found that it's been really kind of, it's quite difficult to break into those spaces because you'll go on their social medias and it will be daunting. You won't see anything of how you can get involved and how you can join these um, campaigns. So one of our um, kind of the things that we then kind of decided and really wanted to do was just to give like a step-by-step -step guide on really easily on our like Instagram on how to get involved with our campaign. Um, it should like, as Yumna actually just said in the chat, it should be a standard, you know, not an afterthought. It should be something that activism is for everyone. And if your campaign isn't accessible, if people can't easily see how to get in, um, see how to get involved, is it inclusive? No. Um, so I think, I mean, that's not really, it could be an action possibly, but if you run a campaign, whether it's a youth activist campaign or, um, or a, like a, or an adult run campaign, just put in, in your kind of social media, um, how to get involved. And because there's been too long of how to get involved has been join our mailing list, 
I'm not joining another mailing list. I want to be there helping you guys make decisions. So like, just, it's like, it doesn't take long. It like for me and Timmy, it genuinely took me, I think a lunchtime to do. I did it during my lunchtime and I just posted it, made it look pretty. And there it is in our bio. And now if anybody sees our campaign and wants to get involved, it's so easy to, because they can just look and they see it's one of the first things that comes up. Um, so yeah. And also Instagram has a Q&A function, so utilise that as well. <laughs> Definitely, let people know how to get involved with you, you know, I think everyone's doing such amazing things, you know, you want as many people as possible involved and in your fight, so that's another action for you. I think we're up to like eight or nine actions for the evening, there's still more to come, you know, like this is action based, so we're going to, we're going to really hammer the actions at you and yeah, yeah. if you can do all of them then you've done like nine actions and that is fantastic even if it's just one that's that's great it's something um i think we will take this one like question from Derry, and then i'm looking at time so let's hope that we can you know time flies by when you are making actions so let's hope we can get for everything Derry, what did you want to add God, I'm glad you couldn't hear what I was muttering under my breath when I realised I had to unmute. Oh, that's really nice of you to, to invite me. Thank you. I'm fascinated to know what the panel would think of the idea that 20% of curriculum time in all schools should be allocated to the interests and concerns of the students negotiated with the staff in a democratic and rights respecting way. There are worldwide, worldwide examples of adults and young people working together in this way. I wonder what the panel would make of it as a suggestion for England. Does everyone all right if I go ahead and answer? Amazing. Firstly, amazing question. Um, it's definitely something that I think is a first step. Um, honestly, if it was my decision and I owned a school, I would have it honestly led by young people with a mix of adults in. Um, and it would be not 20%, like 50% of what students want to do and want to learn. Um, but I think it's a first step and it's something that is so needed. Uh, for that to happen, I think will be quite difficult. Um, my political beliefs aside, um, our current government, it's a fact that they aren't doing enough for us in education. And um, I think it's something we can strive towards definitely and it's nothing to say that just because our government have proven in the past that they are not capable of doing things like this why can't we lobby for it why can't we push them to and um definitely keep an eye on all these campaigns but the people power will be lobbying for quite a big change in the next few months which i'm being um intentionally vague um that will have a lot to do with what you've just said Definitely, because that 20% space of time, that's where the actions get made. That is where these ideas yeah. and the passions are born. So really, I mean, right now, it's just students have to kind of fight for space in their own free time, juggling school to really get those actions off the ball. But if it was integrated in the curriculum, then job done. I don't know, Amy, if you had anything to add to that. I Well, I totally agree with what you've both said. And actually... Um, my parents are both teachers, so I've seen firsthand kind of how difficult it is, um, you know, because teachers, <laughs> um, I'm sure many of you on the call know, you know, it's so much time is spent on the curriculum as it is because the curriculum is jam packed 
and is so rigid and there hasn't there isn't that flexibility for anything other than the strict learning that we're taught on paper that you know is not really going to serve us in life I'd argue as well as activism I've learned many of my life skills from activism and I think that the only way that we can successfully reform the education system to make it something that includes activism um, is if it's something that works alongside uh, and is implemented in the curriculum as well. It can't be something that's an add-on. And I think the, the danger with saying, oh, you know, we're going to have 20% that's youth-led is it can kind of feel like an add-on. And actually, in order for this to be something successful and actually meaningful listening to young people, I think it does need to be something that's fully integrated and goes alongside the learning that we do in the classroom instead of just being something extra. Because activism links, links really closely to a lot of the stuff we learn at school. And I don't think the current education system does utilize that enough. And I think it needs to fully include it if it's gonna include it at all really. But yeah, first steps as Lottie said, but I do think that it needs to be fully inclusive in the end. I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you. So just you put it so well, I think, yeah, that integration, I think with every anything you're fighting for and any action you want, you know, it needs to work within the system, not just like added on top, because then it's like, you know, when budget cups uh, come or people are thinking of hmm, what, what do we not need, then that's the first thing to go. And then you're back at square one, really. I think the fine, I think Ava and I, we want to um, kind of present the final action of the evening i've said feel like i've said action an awful number of times but you know we are action focused today and every day yeah um so the last thing we want you to do is we want you to pull up your phone or if you're on a laptop your whatever calendar you use if you use a written calendar run to your kitchen quickly and grab the calendar diary whatever flick flick the pages or scroll for two weeks from now three we'll say three weeks to be you know give you some time and write a note I want my action done by then okay and whether you choose to have one of these actions done by then or something for your own personal cause or within your own school you know get it done so I want I want to see you guys typing your action on now see Sophie's got hers great Lottie's got hers Ava I think you're doing yours as well I will pull up mine as well yes the calendar apps are opening up and I want to see the actions written down I think it should be the 25th, if that's helpful. But honestly, I wouldn't trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the 25th. Yes. You know, pull it up, show, type in what is your action and share, share what your action is going to be. And then when that alert comes up, write in a, a timer, maybe a day from there. So if you forget, then you've still got a day to like implement it and you don't feel really guilty on the 25th and you haven't done anything, you know, and have that as a reminder to you that you're working towards that action you're going to get it done make it something manageable then don't say like i don't know you're gonna convince the government to change anything really because you know three weeks i don't know whether you'd get it done in three weeks um so yeah make it something as even a small step an email you're going to contact a organization you want to get involved with you're going to email people power or you want to get involved with Kids Against Plastic or sign your school workplace up to the Halo Collective or follow Resilience or fill out our Google form or send a resource to the Change Collective website. That's just, I think that was all the actions we had. Um, there are probably more, I think we're gonna recap them in a minute. 
Ava, I don't know, what's your action, Ava? My actions, um, two to get out, um, to kind of get quite quickly, is sign a school up for the Halo project and for Kids Against Plastics. I think they're such important campaigns. They need to be done and I've, I'm going to force my school to do them. Um, another one, um, kind of the, the one for kind of, for not a trend, to make myself do it, is to um, email my teacher to get um, more people involved in it and see if she can recommend anyone and to kind of really start working on really starting to formulate our plans for um, our pilot scheme and kind of start making sure we're starting to email out to the schools and getting that post I think those are my plans I think I should be able to achieve them also probably to get myself more organized and to get on top of my school work because that needs to be done <laughs> <laughs> that's a great action too yeah make sure that you can get your action done in amongst anything you're getting involved with um that's a great action my action I think is same I'm going to sign up my school up to the halo project get them involved in kids against plastic um I think I'm going to email people power my suggestions I'm just going to add actions until I you know the descriptions app on my calendar app is long so I'm just going to add it fill it up and yeah with not a trend I think get that toolkit you know really up to scratch and really so we can get that out to you as fast as possible so keep does anyone want to share their action Lottie what's your action my action is going to be signing my school up to the halo code as well as emailing them every campaign that has been spoken about tonight because uh, I think it's really important that schools know more about our work and yeah get an organized with school work honestly because the more we're on top of the usual nine to five stuff we can focus on this and um I think as much as we're joking about it it is really important that we can have as much space here as we can that is a fantastic action yes um just I think uh Lucy has written in the chat a summary of some of the actions we've got for today so I think there are about nine or something I think we also added on making sure your organization is as accessible as impossible or as possible or writing how you can get involved because we just wanted to add more actions on to your you know, workload. Um, so yeah, get involved in those actions. I hope everyone has done an action like right now on this call, that would be amazing. Or, you know, you get off this call and then you go and do your action. Then, um, you know, we can really, we'll have a chain of actions, a chain reaction of actions. I said action an awful number of times, but yeah. Um, make sure you, if you tweet about this event, use hashtag change collective, follow all the socials that have been linked. I think we're gonna send out an email to all the Eventbrite um, bookers, just a list of you know, the websites, socials, um, maybe another list of those actions again. So if you need another reminder, three weeks, you know, time is ticking, you put it on your calendar now, it's sealed, your fate is sealed. Um, Ava, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else as well. Um, yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you for everybody to coming and to a massive well done and thank you for our speakers tonight. You guys were all absolutely amazing. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, all of the work you're doing is so important. Like, I literally, like, I've said, like, way too much. It's fine. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's so amazing to see what you guys are doing and really hear what kind of continue continue because they're all such important projects and they're all making such a massive impact um yeah I'm really I'm really excited to see what more is to come from your campaigns and I just think kind of I really want to say is that spaces like this 
with kind of adults and young people are so important to see us collaborating so we need each other to work to make make things power make things happen um um, so we'll stay in contact. I will definitely be keeping in contact with everybody who definitely spoke tonight, everybody that contributed, um, speaking about our campaigns, checking out on how we're doing. Um, yeah, and that's what I have to say. So amazing work from all of you today. And I'm just, I'm so happy. Thank you to Ava and Simi as well, because they're such good hosts, literally better than Ant and Deck. I'm putting that down now. Um, yeah, they're amazing. Ava and I actually played an Ant to Deck, yeah, like, um, <laughs> like cosplay in primary school. Oh my gosh, that just came to me. What I was called it, it. I called it. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Starting from day one, I mean. In year five. Yeah, like clearly we were just destined for this, yeah. For this role. Of course, of course. One final thing, I think, you know, we've really made uh, this evening so action-based and I think take that forward with other events you go to. You know, if the event is asking you just to tweet something, add another action, your own little action. If they aren't giving you one, what are you going to do with this information? You know, like Lottie said, you know, you get a load of information, you talk about a load of things and it's like, what are you going to do with that? So make sure, you know, get your, your calendar app should just be filled with just an activist, get an activist calendar or like a little diary as well. And you can just have all your actions in there. And you know, that's the first step towards change. Keep yourself accountable as well. If you need to screenshot this and put it on your Twitter so people can bully you into doing it, do that. Like send it to your mum. I don't care. Email, like, just email do us it. and we'll bully you into it as well. Email April yeah, we literally we'll, sure will. we'll be like, make sure you do it. You know, so I, I expect to see inboxes filled with emails, spam your workplaces, spam your, your colleagues, your schools, with all of these actions, um, it better be done, really, because... I'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want Ava and I disappointed in you. It's like, it's not great. You don't want to be put in that situation, basically. So thank you all so much for coming. Thank you again to our panelists. Thank you to Phoenix for really, um, you know, getting, hosting this with us. Um, Check out the Change Collective website again once it's up and running. It's such a fab website. And we hope you have a great evening and a great three weeks getting up to those actions. You know, tweet hashtag Change Collective um, after those three weeks to tell us, you know, what, what happened with those actions? What, hap what, what happened? What did you change? Thank you for coming.